Hey everybody, welcome to St. Stephen's Online. We hope you enjoy catching up on our talk from Sunday. Thank you, it's uh, great to be with you this morning uh, and lovely to, to be able to, to speak on this amazing passage from Moses. Let me uh, pray for us as we uh, prepare to dive into this in the series on By Faith. Lord, we thank you for your living word. And we thank you that it speaks to our hearts and our lives and pray that as I speak now, the Holy Spirit will be using the words in order to speak to our hearts and change our lives. Amen. A couple of weeks back, uh, bank holiday, the first bank holiday in May, there seem to have been so many, don't there? Uh, the first bank holiday in May, I had the pleasure and the privilege of being part of a group of uh, a lots, thousands of church leaders at the Albert Hall for the, what's called the LC23, which is an annual thing that happens. At about uh, kind of half 11, 12 o'clock that day, Hey Wu walked onto the stage and every single person in the auditorium stood as she walked in. Heiwu is a, a, an older lady um, who was, escaped, had escaped from North Korea uh, as a Christian. Um, the first time she escaped from North Korea, um, she was captured and taken back and imprisoned for three years. Fortunately, at that time, they did not know that she was a Christian because if she'd been a Christian, she would have been imprisoned for life or worse if they'd known that, if they'd known she was. Um, in her cell of 150 other women, uh, a cell designed, she said, for 50, uh, where she spent three years. She shared some of her rations, that their food rations that they got each day with other prisoners. And she uh, managed somehow to speak about her faith with some of those prisoners and led little prayer me a little kind of worship meetings um, with them in, in secret within that cell, normally in the toilets. She was an amazing woman, she is an amazing woman who lived by faith and has since escaped from Korea, North Korea. Around the world today, there are many people who uh, continue to suffer and are persecuted, who live by faith in Christ, but are persecuted for that faith, and it's good for us to remember to pray for them. But the reason I use that story at the beginning of today is because the Hebrews letter, the letter to the Hebrews, was written to a church facing similar persecution. If you read on in Hebrews, uh, past the chapters we're looking at as we go through this By Faith series, you will see that there is that kind of persecution happening there. And they are being called to live through Hebrews. They're being called to live by faith in the face of the difficulty of being a Christian in the place where they are. The purpose of the letter to the Hebrews is to keep the church's eyes on Jesus and the promise of all that is to come. Urging the church to live by faith in Jesus because of all that is promised in him and through him, all that we've sung about this morning and worship about and celebrate each week. The letter reminds them, if you read through the whole thing, that in Jesus they found God's very word greater than that received through Moses in Jesus. It reminds them that in Jesus they have found hope for a new creation in a way even better than was given to them in the promised land, given to the Hebrews in the promised land. It reminds them that in Jesus they have found an eternal priest 
who is on their side and knows their, their pain firsthand. And in Jesus, they have received the perfect sacrifice for their sins that gives them hope of a new life. Therefore, they would be mad to turn away from this Jesus and their faith in him. It is calling them to live by faith because of what is promised through and in Jesus Christ, just like with Hei Wu. In chapter 11, uh, the writer urges us to take note of the actions of the kind of heroes of, uh, of faith. Um, and they, uh, in a way, saying, well, they did it, so can you. So what can we learn about living by faith from the life of our character today, from the life of Moses? As with the other heroes that we've uh, looked at over the last weeks, we see that by faith, choices were made and actions were taken, often at great personal risk. In verse 23, we're told, by faith, Moses was hidden. Verse 25, we're told, by faith, Moses refused his life in Egypt. In verse 27, by faith, Moses left Egypt. By faith, verse 28, Moses kept the Passover. And verse 29, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea. And every single one of those actions, those choices, involves choosing God's ways over the ways of the world. And each of them involved quite a large risk. So let's look at some of the risks and some of the decisions and choices uh, that were made that are described here. The first one is that by faith, the child Moses was hidden so that he wouldn't be killed by Pharaoh's order. Hiding Moses took a huge amount of courage and a huge amount of trust. By faith, the midwives and parents of Moses hide him. And as we heard, the child is found and taken in by Pharaoh's daughter. And uh, Moses' quick-thinking sister uh, ensures that Moses' mother is employed to look after him, which is a great deal, isn't it, if you're a mother? We'll pay you to nurse your child. Anyway, um, uh, and he, he is raised with all the privilege, Moses' education and benefits of the Egyptian court. God is faithful. It's the faithfulness of the women in Moses' early life that ensure he survives, thrives, and grows in faith. I've no doubt that Moses was taught by his mother about what it meant to be Hebrew, about what it meant to be uh, someone who trusts in God. God's faithfulness was learnt uh, at his mother's knee as she raises him in and for the Egyptian court. Moses' faith is formed through the ministry of his mother and his Hebrew community. And what a crucial role they play in that story of the exodus from Egypt. One of the great joys of this uh, church family is the number of uh, children and young people that are involved and part of it. Uh, our youth and children's team are great. Can I get, uh, there's none of them in here, is there, anymore? They've all gone. Hooray for you, youth and children's team. You're amazing. But parents and grandparents and significant adults have a huge role to play in children's growth in faith. Andy Stanley is a, a, a church leader in the United States, and he says that far more than asking what are we doing for God, we should be asking who are we raising for God? Who are we raising for God? Whose faith 
are we investing in? One of my colleagues is a lady called Sarah Picks, who some of you may know if you've been in St. Stephen's for a long time. Uh, she's been, she was part of the community. She grew up uh, in this community, I think, um, in faith, through faith. Yeah, Richard's saying, yes, she did, yes, she did. Um, and she's, she's now one of my colleagues. She was telling me the other day how her 14-year-old, just turned 14-year-old and 12-year-old, how they read the Bible together with her. And she allows them to ask questions and talks, about, uh, talks uh, with them about it, which I think is amazing. It's an amazing thing to do with your children. Who are we raising for God? Let's never underestimate how much impact our praying, our worshipping, our reading scripture with and in front of our children has on them. Grace before meals, praying together as children go to bed, reading Bible stories, reflecting with children, inviting questions, witnessing to the way, uh, witnessing to Christ in the way that we raise them and the way that they are raised in forgiveness and grace, in how we speak about and treat one another. Not always easy. Um, I'm from a family of four children, and I am the only one that is still uh, kind of going on with faith. It doesn't guarantee, doing that does not guarantee that our children will choose Christ for themselves. But it really, really helps. Moses' faith and identity in God is formed through the faith sharing of his mother and others sharing with him and trusting God. They parent in faith and by faith. And Moses uh, learns through that to live by faith from the very beginning. And that leads to some risky and remarkable choices he makes as an adult. By faith, we're told in verse 25, Moses found the courage to refuse his privileged life. He refuses his Egyptian life and chooses the risky life of identifying as a Hebrew. Admittedly, if you read on, he doesn't do the choice in a particularly good way uh, in that he sees somebody being beaten up to tries to be a Hebrew and he kills them and buries them in the sand and then has to run away from Pharaoh. That's the first time he leaves Egypt. And he runs away, but he runs away and he finds himself um, a really good life uh, with a wife and a child and a nice place and he seems to be having a good time. And then by faith, God calls him away Again, by faith, Moses turns aside and meets with God in the burning bush, if you read through chapter 3 of Exodus. And then after a kind of negotiation with God around the burning bush, Moses is obedient and by faith does what God is asking him to do, even though he's terrified of doing it. He leaves that second comfortable life. He returns to Egypt in order to lead God's people to freedom. Isn't it incredible that by faith he's prepared to stand before the dictator of the world's superpower at the time and demand that he lets God's people go. It's akin to someone now going and standing before President Putin or sitting at the end of that really long table that he seems to like meeting people and saying, let the Ukrainians go and Putin doing it. It's a similar kind of thing. It's incredible that that is what he does. He doesn't know for sure that what God said to him is going to happen. He doesn't know how all this is going to turn out. His return to Egypt is full of risk for his own safety. But he has faith. He lives by faith. He chooses by faith to do what God is asking him to do. 
And as you read through the Exodus story, as the plagues come, it seems like Moses grows in confidence all the way up to, uh, if you go up to Exodus 12, which is the final bit, when the moment final comes to leave, when the dreadful final plague is brought and the firstborn uh, are, are, um, are killed, Moses is commanded by God uh, to get the people to put blood on the doorposts. And he does that, but in, in tw- Exodus 12, verse 24, Moses says this, Obey these instructions so that the angel will pass over the houses. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. Moses is so sure that God is going to do this because of his experience of God's actions so far that he says, when this has happened, let's not forget it. Every year, let's remember it as we celebrate the Passover together. Before it's even happened, he tells them to do that. Moses trusts that God has a better future for his people and takes the risk of leading them by faith. Now, we might think, well, that was really easy for Moses because if God appeared to me in a burning bush uh, and, and talked to me and told me stuff, then it would be easier to do, wouldn't it? But is it so different for us? Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension mean we have access to the living God through prayer 24-7 through his spirit at work in us. We can talk to and listen to God. We may get the occasional word that is loud and direct from the Lord, but often we hear God through the scriptures, which Moses didn't have. Sometimes we will hear through others listening to God for us, which Moses didn't have or through the whisper of God in prayer, which Moses did have. The reality is that we do have that burning bush, but it's not out there in the desert, it's in here. Those of us who are Christians have the Holy Spirit of God, God's fire at work in us. We have that connection with God. The truth is that we do have access to God like Moses did. We have the relationship with God arguably better than Moses because we live after Jesus' resurrect, death and resurrection. We too can take action by faith, learning and knowing that by faith God will do what his word says he will do. By faith, Moses chose to follow God against the culture of his day. He chose to be Hebrew when it had been so much easier to be an Egyptian. He rejected the pursuit of wealth and stood against those things not of God. He rejected, God's, uh, he rejected Egypt's ways and values and led his people out of Egypt even in the face of overwhelming opposition. By faith, Moses chose and Moses acted. So what does this mean for us? What does it mean for us today? What does living by faith mean for me and for you now in 2023 in May, wherever it is that you happen to live? Perhaps as you look back on your own life, you can see God's faithfulness and when you have acted by faith. And maybe God is calling us today to celebrate those times, to give thanks to God for them, and also to share them with one another so that our faith corporately can grow, so that it gives us more confidence to act by faith. Perhaps if you are a parent or a God 
godparent, God is uh, a grandparent or a godparent. God is challenging you to make time after um, make time after family meals to maybe read read Bible together with your children or your grandchildren to risk talking about what it says. And there are resources around that can help do that. By faith, are you being called to focus uh, this moment in time on raising uh, somebody into faith? Perhaps. God is is challenging you to act by faith in the organisation you work in or the organisation you lead, to explore what Christian faith is saying to you, maybe in how you treat others or how you deal with profits or how you make decisions in your business, how you seek to invest. When you choose to take a stand for what you believe, by faith are you being called to act. Perhaps God is challenging you to recognize an Egyptian pharaoh in your own life, something holding you back or preventing you living fully in his ways. By faith, are you being called to take a risk? Perhaps God is calling you to take a risk and to own up about being a Christian to a friend or colleague, even in just saying when someone says, did you have a good weekend? Yeah, we had a great time in church on Sunday and this conversation happened afterwards, then maybe there's something around that owning up for you to speak about your life and faith and the benefits it brings. By faith, are you being called to act? Maybe God is calling, on to t- calling you to take an, on a new responsibility for him directly, to make some time to give directly to his kingdom. By faith, are you being called to act? As I come in, just one final point. It's really easy to look at these heroes of faith and to say, I'm not like them, I couldn't do that. And no, we're we're not like them. We don't live in the same context and the same time. We're called into our context at this time as God's followers, as Christ followers. What is it that God is calling you to do by faith? Not blind faith, not groping in the dark, not unsure of what is being promised. Faith that's focused on Jesus Christ and the promises we have in him and through him. By faith, are you being, am I being called to take a risk and to act? Thanks for listening. We hope you found that encouraging. Have a great week and see you soon.